Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs. With first-hand lessons learned from those who have gone before, this podcast is designed to assist and inspire anyone interested in pursuing a medical career in rural and regional Australia. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. Ophthalmology is incredibly rewarding, and grateful patients and supportive colleagues make practising the specialty in rural and regional Australia extremely satisfying. That's according to final year senior registrar Dr James Sterry, who swapped his initial job as a research scientist for a life in medicine. He wanted to work more directly with the people that he was aiming to help. And he says that's one of the best aspects of his chosen specialty, the appreciation shown by patients whose sight is saved or restored by his work. Dr Sterry is a strong proponent of the benefits of working in regional areas. He says he'd advise any new doctor to try life outside of the cities because of the lifestyle the collegiate environment and the variety of challenges that really do help young doctors find their wings. Dr James Sterry starts by describing his initial path to medicine to Jeff Waters. It wasn't something that I had considered when I was in school. I started studying a science degree and really liked my neuroscience major. And it was when I was doing research into Parkinson's disease that I found that I was more interested in the clinical side of things. So I tried medicine and quite enjoyed the collegial nature of it and also dealing with patients and haven't really looked back. So can you elaborate a bit more on that? What was it about the Parkinson's disease research that convinced you to become a doctor? Well, we were looking at the particular cells that would start to get sick before the onset of the disease and that's all very interesting and important but I just did independent reading on how people lived with Parkinson's disease and and really got a lot more interested in how it affected individuals and spent a lot of time just reading about the medicine of it and really had to reconsider if I wanted to be doing primary research in a lab or if I actually wanted to be dealing with people and decided to try clinical medicine and it's just been very, very rewarding ever since. Was that much of a leap for you? It was because I had always considered myself to be more of a a science and research-based person and the stress of dealing with uh, medicine and and dealing with people, it wasn't really something that I identified with. But you found that you were, in fact, a people person. We're probably all people people, but um, yeah, it's another thing to actually deal with people every day in your work. True, and living and working in a laboratory can be uh, quite isolating, I imagine, but uh, at the coalface in a clinical position, you get to deal with people every day. Yeah, so I enjoyed that at the time and I still do. So it's a decision that I look back on very fondly. And you find yourself now in a regional practice after being brought up a city boy. So how did that come about? It was really just from my experience early on in my studies and, and also just the, the role that I would like to have in, in a community. So 
When I was studying at Sydney Uni, we have the option to go to um, regional towns for a year and I went to Orange, really had a wonderful time. I saw that the, the staff there were very collegiate and the juniors were treated well and there was lots of learning opportunities. So it was very easy for me to decide to do my internship and my resident year there. And during that time, you get to see the the role that medical specialists can have in those sorts of towns. Specifically, they, I think that they are better able to take ownership of their patients. And at the same time, they're also, you're more accountable. And I think that makes you better at what you do. So those things made me think that's the type of practice that I would like to have. There's also the the reality that if you are in a regional or remote area, the breadth of what you can do is broader because you don't have a subspecialist, you know, just down the road from you. So I'd really like to have as broad a skill set as possible and being in a regional area, you're forced to do that, I think. And how did you find moving to that regional area personally? Personally, it was very easy because I actually went there with a bunch of my friends when we were in university. Some of them went to city hospitals or other places and I just stayed in Orange and I had a good network of friends and colleagues. So it was actually quite easy for me. And all of my family live on on the coast about four hours away and they were supportive of it and you get to see them regularly. So it it was actually pretty easy for me. And the quality of life was great. I lived in quite a pretty old house that had a big garden out the back and out the front and I was very active with that. It took me five minutes to ride my bike to the hospital. So what that means is that I just had all of this spare time to pursue my hobbies. So I like machines. I've got a couple of old cars and and lots of other things that I'm always working on. And so I had that to do and I did a higher degree. So I did a master's when I was an intern and a resident. So essentially, I didn't really have to put up with the vagaries of city life and Parramatta Road and all of that sort of thing. Now, it sounds like Orange had quite a positive impact on you early on. Did it help guide you toward ophthalmology? It did help a little bit. In what sense? Well, there was quite a good um, ophthalmologist out there, KC Tang, a really lovely man, and I approached him when I was a student and said, hey, look, I think this is something that I'm interested in. Do you mind if I spend time with you? And he was supportive of that, and so I did. And I just got to see that you could be a specialist in these sort of areas and you could have a really wonderful lifestyle. The rooms that I would go to of his, it's a a really beautiful old house that's been converted. It's got beehives in the backyard. His patients love him. And I thought, I identify with that. I could do that. So what was it about ophthalmology specifically that intrigued you so much? I think it's a real privilege to be able to look after people's vision. Sight is something that we all value very highly. And I think it's wonderful if I can preserve people's sight. And I think that was sort of, that got me interested. And then when you see that ophthalmologists actually have a really good balance of physician-style thinking. So having to think about various medical conditions that affects the eyes and affects sight, but also 
like a, a surgeon's approach to problem solving. So there's a lot of pathology that we manage surgically. And I really quite liked that balance of physician and, and surgical roles. So a lot of other specialties, they might be very surgically heavy, but you don't actually spend that much time using your brain. No offense. Or you could do the cerebral physician type work, but as somebody who likes using their hands, I'd get a bit frustrated at that. So it was just a, a really perfect fit for me, I think. Yes, you've described yourself as a bit of a mechanic as well, so I can see the connection there. Is there much variety in so far as ophthalmology work is concerned? I think you've asked the right person. I think there's a huge variety. I have medical students with me sometimes, and I sort of challenge them to say, tell me a area of medicine that ophthalmology isn't involved in. And it's kind of a rhetorical question because pretty much all of the specialties have a crossover with ophthalmology. Obviously, endocrinology with diabetes and diabetic eye disease and rheumatology with various inflammatory disorders and hematology with the various blood cancers. And I could go on. The really clever students normally say that orthopedics and pathology and I've yet to think of a crossover, but I don't really miss either of those. So, yes, I think it's it's very broad. I'm constantly learning new things and I love it. And you must have very grateful patients if you are restoring somebody's sight or improving their sight. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And that's one thing that I, it just makes me really enjoy my work, like, Doing cataract surgery for people is really, really satisfying. I joke with one of my friends who's an orthopedic surgeon in New Zealand that I think it's the World Health Organization says that a total hip replacement is the second best surgery for improving quality of life. And the, the first surgery for improving quality of life is cataract surgery. So to be able to do that on a weekly basis is, is really wonderful. And I think most patients um, appreciate it too. So I feel very privileged. Now, the training programs with Prince of Wales, what does that consist of? It's four years of training, and then there's a fifth year where you typically go overseas, but you don't have to. And you get exposed to, even though ophthalmology, it's a single organ, there's various subspecialties. And so I would do one subspecialty for three months, and then another one for three months, and then you often cycle through them a couple of times. And as part of the Prince of Wales program, we get very good rural and regional exposure. So specifically, we have a term where we fly out to Burke and we run quite intensive cataract operating lists. And we also go to places like Brewarana and Lightning Ridge and service the communities there. And we also spend six months as a registrar in Broken Hill, which is a really wonderful time because you're there by yourself for two and a half days a week or probably more than that actually. And your consultant is only there for a couple of days. So you really learn to spread your wings. And yeah, I think that reflects very well on the Prince of Wales program. And it must be interesting seeing that vast area of the state. Oh, definitely. And, um, You're often busy, but sometimes you finish early and the weekends are pretty quiet. So you can get out at sunset and just soak all of that up or you can go camping down at Menindee or 
any of the massive dry national parks. I went out there with my family and we managed to go camping most weekends. So it was a, a good time for us. So it seems that you believe that your time in a rural setting has been beneficial for your medicine. Is that right? I think so, yeah. And I think it comes back to what I was saying before, that a lot of the time in these regional areas, the health services can be underserviced. And that's a shame, but what it means is that you actually get more exposure as a clinician. You're having to do more. And so I do think that you upskill pretty quickly. And a lot of the time when you have a supervisor who may not be directly there with you, but at the end of a phone, you do have to rise to the occasion and make decisions and really sort of learn to trust your judgment. So I think those are good skills because I think it's important to have a breadth of experience and also become a a good decision maker. And you've also spent some time in Alice Springs as well. What was that like? Oh, Alice, yeah. Um, My wife and I lived there for two years. So that was after Orange. And again, just really liked it there. We fell into a very good community. I quite liked the work there. I worked in the emergency department. I worked in a couple of other departments and it was sort of like a working holiday for me, just all of these areas in medicine that I knew I wasn't going to do but thought were quite interesting. And the Territory can be a very welcoming place. It definitely is. I find that Alice Springs, it's like a little expatriate community because you don't end up there by accident, I don't think. Most of my colleagues were, who were my age had sort of decided to go there, to go somewhere that was a little bit different. So you ended up working with a bunch of really outgoing and interesting people. And a couple of my best friends I met in Alice Springs. So, yeah, they were a really good two years. And if it weren't for uh, me getting on the training program at the Prince of Wales, we probably would have stayed there for a third year easily. That's great. So what would you say to any doctor in training who is thinking about going somewhere rural or regionally to undertake their training? I would say if you're thinking about it, do it. And I would also say that I think there's a a lot of misunderstanding within medical student and junior doctor groups. I think a lot of people think that if you're going to work in a regional area, that equates to you being on, you know, a fast track to being a, a GP. And that's a good thing for some people. But I think that you can go to these areas and you can actually go on to be a specialist if that's what you want. And I also think that if you do your junior years in a regional area, you'll probably be more challenged at a medical level. And I also think that you'll pick up, I think, a better attitude towards working with your colleagues in a hospital. And I know they're both very big calls, but that's just from my observations. Have you got any advice for young students who might be thinking of this? Yeah, I think my advice would be try it maybe six months or a year. You seem pretty convinced by that. (laughs) Yeah, look, I I just say really try it because I don't think you have anything to lose. And a a way that you can make it really fun is if you and a couple of your friends who are students go out together, you'll have a really great time. That's Dr James Sterry, final year senior registrar in ophthalmology on the Prince of Wales program at Orange Base Hospital. This is Destination Medicine. Thanks for listening. 
Regional training hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Program.